Hi, this is Jim Swilly. Welcome to Metron Live. Metron is a Greek word that means sphere of influence. I believe in living your best life possible, and that's the reason for this podcast. This is my Metron. Now let me help you discover yours. This is, uh, well, let's do some affirmations. Um, uh, I am well. I am wellness. I am. I am whole. I am wholeness. I am. Uh, I am peaceful. I am peace. I am. I am joyful. I am joy. I am. For those of you that don't know what I'm doing, when I point to me, I say it. When I point to you, you say it. I am is the highest affirmation. We always want to ascend up to that. Um, um, I am free. I am freedom. I am. Um, I am blessed. I am a blessing. I am. Beautiful. And again, we speak healing to everybody uh, who needs it. Sorry about that. Uh, I think this is my, um, well, now that I've done affirmations, let me do two or three breaths with you. I think it really gets everybody in the zone to receive um, what I'm going to share with you. We're going to go in through the nose, hold it, out through the mouth. Let's go in, hold, exhale. Let all your holiday stress go. Let's go in. Out. When we add the breath work to the affirmations, it's very powerful. Hey, Pam. Inhale. Hold. Exhale. Beautiful. I speak into this atmosphere and I say, let there be light. I think this is my maybe 17th. Christmas message I've done this month. And the interesting thing about Christmas, the more I say about it, the more there actually is to say about it. Uh, But after today, I I will not do this message again until next year. Sorry, I know that's obnoxious. I'm moving the... Okay. Uh, Hey, Paul. So um, Luke chapter 1, it's the uh, story of when... The archangel Gabriel appears to Mary. It's what we call the Annunciation. It's where he, just out of the blue, uh, invades her life and tells her what's about to happen to her. Uh, he fails to mention, because he, he, you know, he says she's going to uh, have a baby and uh, what his name's going to be. and uh, he, She just lays all, he lays all of this, you know, um, incredible, astounding information on her. He fails to mention, (laughs) you know, he leaves a few details out because uh, in the next chapter it says, um, uh, and there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed and everybody had to go to their uh, hometown. And uh, I don't know how far, wherever Mary and Joseph were living, I don't know how far Bethlehem was from there, but... Uh, back in that time, everything was far. I mean, you didn't just get in a car or a plane uh, and, you know, you, you know, knock it out in a couple of hours. You, you, wherever you went, you're on the back of a camel or a donkey, and many times you're going where there aren't any roads. Uh, 
So it's it's kind of a big deal. And Caesar Augustus, uh, you know, the Roman Empire uh, controlled uh, Israel at that time. And um, so uh, everybody had to go to their hometown. You couldn't, you know, there was no computer. You couldn't do it online. There was no mail system. You couldn't mail it. So everybody had to go to the city of their birth to have this big census for whatever reason. I guess Caesar Augustus was, you know, trying to maintain control of the Roman Empire, I'm, I'm assuming. But anyway, that meant that Joseph had to go to his hometown, which was Bethlehem. And what's interesting about the story is, you know, by this time, Mary's at least in her third trimester of birth. Um, yeah, they didn't have to wait for TSA lines, exactly. So, so there's that. Good point. Hey, Tina. Hey, Will. Merry Christmas. So... Um, uh, what's interesting, I mean, you have to kind of fill in the blanks uh, to get all of this. Hey, Mike, in Africa, good to see you on here. Um, but, uh, you know, you would think, you know how even today, if a woman's uh, towards the end of her pregnancy, doctors advise you not to travel, not to get on planes or whatever, and here, Mary, she's you know, close to the end of her pregnancy, and she goes with Joseph to Bethlehem. I have to assume, and I've taught on this more in depth in previous years, but what I see in that is that um, her story of this immaculate conception, that she's pregnant, and it's not Joseph's baby, it's not any, it's it's no man's baby. I mean, that's not how people learn the facts of life. You know, when her mother explained to her the birds and the bees, she didn't say, Mary, a wonderful thing's going to happen to you one day. An archangel is going to appear to you and tell you that you're going to have birth when the Holy Spirit overshadows you. So, you know, you would think if Joseph's got to go back to Bethlehem for however long that journey was, um, it couldn't have been... um, pleasant for a woman that far along in pregnancy to, you know, to be on the back of an animal and traveling like that, you would think, you know, didn't Mary have a mother or some sisters or some girlfriends who would have just insisted, uh, <laughs> yeah, apparently Byron, it seems like the, the women in her life would have, or her midwife or somebody would have insisted please don't accompany him on this journey because you're not going to have time to get there and get back before you go into labor. And um, it the very fact that she goes with him on this journey implies to me that nobody was buying her story. That That's that's my imagination. I think, you know, I, I'm, I feel like her story probably alienated her from her, you know, circle of friends. Because, you know, there had to have been some girlfriend of hers that would have taken her aside and say, Mary, this is me. Tell me the truth. Who's who's the baby daddy? I mean, it, you know, stop this talking about God's impregnated you. I mean, this is me. I'm, I'm not going to tell. Who is it? Is it Joseph? Do you and Joseph 
have sex. I mean, what, what's going on? And Mary just holds to this story. She's like, I know y'all think I'm crazy. I'm telling you, I have not been with a man. And an angel told me that the Holy Spirit's going to uh, sire this child of mine. And, you know, if, if you've ever had somebody that has a story um, that you just can't buy and you, you know, somebody that you're close to and you say, look, just between you and me, tell me the truth. I'm not going to uncover you, but you know, this is me. Don't lie to me and tell me this. And she's like, I'm telling you, this is the truth. The way I visualize it, I think everybody in her life finally said, fine, Mary, if this, you know, if you're going to lie like this, just, you know, figure it out. And so, you know, her and Joseph on the way to Bethlehem is sort of like you and me against the world. Nobody's on our, nobody's on our side in this. Like nobody, it, it doesn't appear that anybody besides her cousin Elizabeth, because, you know, in, in that same uh, prophecy, he says, and your cousin who is postmenopausal, she's pregnant also. Uh, and so Mary goes to her, and you know the story about how the babies leap in the womb when, they, when the two women salute each other. But outside of Elizabeth, well, she didn't go stay with Elizabeth. I mean, she, to me, the fact that she goes with Joseph, her fiancé, means you're all I got. Nobody else is supporting me in this, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit's my baby daddy. I mean, like, nobody's, nobody believes me. So she's like, I'm going with you. I don't even know if he encouraged it. I mean, I would think, you know, if that were me, I would say, um, oh, wow, that's cool, Hakeem. Elijah, Hakeem, Adonijah, that's awesome. Always glad to have you on here. Um, so, um, you know, if that were me, if that were my fiance, I would say, look, this is this is too... This journey is going to be too hard. I can move faster if I just go by myself. Uh, I'll, I'll go to Bethlehem. I'll knock it out. I'll be back as soon as possible. Because, you know, having a, a, a woman in a third trimester is going to slow you down, obviously. But for some reason, they, she decided, like, no, I'm going with you. So they go. Angel doesn't tell her any of that, doesn't tell her that you're going to get to Bethlehem and you're not going to find any place to stay. And believe it or not, you're, you're not only not going to have a, a birthing room, they didn't have hospitals then, but you know, you're not going to have a clean place for you to have your baby. You're going to, you guys are going to have to go to a, a, a stable and you're, going to have to, you're not going to have a crib, you're going to lay them in a, a, a feeding trough. You know, he leaves out that. And in previous years when I've taught that, I've, I've accentuated the part about uh, just because you're in a time of inconvenience and things aren't going according to plan doesn't mean you're not on your path. I, I'm sure when uh, Mary and Joseph get to Bethlehem and they, they cannot find a place and you know, her water's broken and Joseph's frantically trying to find a place, you know, you would think most people would be like, we've made a terrible mistake. We shouldn't have done this. You know, we're not in the flow. This was, I'm crazy. There's no angel that appeared to me. This is where I want to take it today because I've said all of these things in previous years. But in verse 34 of Luke chapter one, she asks this very simple question. She says, how can this be seeing that I, I haven't been with a man? And like I always tell you, I mean, my theology is extremely progressive. Uh, 
but I, I choose to, I still embrace the Apostles' Creed. That's my personal choice. I believe in a virgin birth and a literal resurrection and all that kind of stuff. Oh, many of my contemporaries don't. That's their choice. I'm all about namaste. I'm just saying, for me, personally, that's, that's sacrosanct. Um, having said that, uh, this question, how can this be? That's, to me, that's the word of the Lord this morning. It's like, there's so many things in your life that you have no idea. Things that have already worked out, that turned out okay. And you know how like the, the famous Mahalia Jackson gospel song where she says, how I got over my soul looks back in wonder how I got over. There's some things you came through and you're like, how did that, how did that work out? I mean, how did, how did I get through that? How did I survive that? How did, some of you think about coming through this year, some of the stuff you've been through this year and you're still okay and you're still in your right mind. Um, you know, you're, you're writing checks and you're thinking, how do I still have money? I and mean, this is like the widow's cruise of oil. I keep spending and spending and, you know, like somehow I, I still have money to spend. How is that, how is that possible? How can this be? And there's things coming up in the new year that you think, I don't know how the heck that's going to work out. And it's a legitimate question. How can this be? And sometimes, I remember Kim Clement saying one time, for whatever, you know, Kim Clement and I were not always on the same page a lot, but he did have a prophetic gift. Um, and um, uh, I remember him saying one time at Church in the Now, he said, it's not a, it's not a paragraph or even a sentence from the Lord, it's a word from the Lord. And sometimes all you get is just a word. It's all you got. It's like, you know, your little piece of the fortune cookie, and you don't know how the rest of it's going to work out. So all Gabriel says to her is this grandiose thing. I'm not going to tell you how it's going to happen. I mean, how do you get ready for the Holy Spirit to impregnate you? I mean, how do you, what do you even do? And, uh, so she says, how can this be? That's a legit question that all of us have to ask all the time. How did I survive that? And how am I going to get through this? And how's that going to work out? And what are we going to do in 2023? And all these things. And all you have is like this little bit of a promise. It's just like this one little word. And, you know, when you try to tell somebody about it, they say, you know, did Gabriel say anything else? Like, nope, he just came in and said, you're going to have a baby, and boom, he was out. <laughs> You're like, wow, thanks, Gabriel. Could you have given me a few more details? Many times the, the journey unfolds as you take it. You don't have all your I's dotted and all your T's crossed. You just have to get on a donkey and go to Bethlehem and say, well, we'll figure it out when we get there. And then when you get there and your water breaks and there's no place to have the baby, you got to figure it out. And you end up in a stable and you lay the baby in a manger. And it sounds like, man, we must be out of the zone. We must be, we, we must be out of the flow. No, you're not. You're exactly where you're supposed to be, just because it doesn't look beautiful, just because it stinks right now and you're smelling cow dung everywhere, doesn't mean you're not in your flow. Now, that's not even what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is this. So we last night uh, we went out to Putnam County, and when I say Putnam County, where his niece and 
uh, her husband live. It's not even in Eatonton. I mean, it takes a while to get there. And uh, on the way back, we got uh, stuck in all places in Covington. In uh, you know, for about half an hour, we were at a standstill. I never did see what the holdup was, but we actually, we actually walked. Believe it or not, we walked in the door here at exactly eleven eleven. But it was too late to set up for uh, to do a teaching, so it's fine. But um, uh, so we, we got we had we exchanged some gifts. Ken and I did. And um, and then I, I watch this every year. I will always watch the uh, live from the Vatican. I always watch that on Christmas Eve. I just do. It's, it's just like part of a tradition. And the whole time I'm watching, because I've been to the Vatican. I've been to the Sistine Chapel. It's beautiful. I'd love to go back there again. I'm not Catholic, uh, but I, I just think it's, it's beautiful and historic. And, you know, while I'm... Uh, while I'm watching it, I'm, you know, I don't watch TV. I study TV, so I'm googling it, and I'm, I was googling about, um, uh, is it Bernini, that the great sculptor that did that, uh, those bronze, uh, that bronze, those columns and um, archway over, uh, it supposedly it's uh, Peter's grave because he uh, he was martyred under Nero. And everything is supposed to be built on that, which is why, which is why they believe um, Catholics believe that uh, Peter was literally the first pope. And when Jesus said, "Upon this rock I build my church," they they believe Roman Catholics believe that he literally meant Peter. I believe it means it's the word Petra, which means this revelation is what I build my rock on. But here's my point: I'm watching it, and it's beautiful, and there's parts of it that I don't relate to. But there's parts of it that are just beautiful and mystical and grand. And um, I don't need to uh, agree with everything in Catholicism. I don't need to be um, naive to problems with Roman Catholicism. Clearly, there's been problems with priests, uh, you know, sexual abuse. I know all of that. Um let me tell you my point in, in bringing this up because, you know, the, the Pope, you know, he, he can hardly walk now because uh, he has pain in his knee, so he's in a wheelchair. And um, towards the end of it, they said the Pope is going to pronounce a blessing on everybody who's watching. And I closed up my computer and, you know, I sat there and let the Pope bless me. Let me tell you why I can do that. Um... You know how I'm always saying that my theology is is yes and, it's not either or? To me, Christmas is the perfect nexus of all the mystical, mythological, magic, all these supernatural events all coming together in this, like on December 25th or around there. Like, for instance, yesterday I was I was scrolling through the feed and, you know, of my 5,000 friends on my main page, it, we run the gamut. I've got old school fundamentalist Christian friends who, you know, their agenda is Jesus is the reason for the season. And, they, you know, they're real strong about not saying happy holidays. They want to say Merry Christmas. And I'm like, all right, Merry Christmas. I mean, whatever, fine, Merry Christmas. And then I got other friends that uh, 
you know, they're always making the point that, you know, the, the Jesus story is really the story of Dionysus or Mithra and how Dionysus was born on December 25th. He's born of a virgin. He had 12 disciples and they make their point And I'm like, okay, well, that's interesting. Cool. Yay. Dionysus. It doesn't make me not celebrate Christmas. And then I'm looking at other people refuting what those people are saying. There was like some long, I mean, some guy had just posted copious um, uh, historical things about how, uh, you know, because people like me will usually say that the Catholic Church Christianized the pagan holidays. And he was making a whole point that that's not true. And, and I'm like, whatever, dude. I mean, I'm, I, I'm good with all of it. The winter solstice, yay. The pagans celebrated it, all right, fine. The Druids worship trees, which is why we had Christmas trees. Okay, fine. And even as I'm saying this, there's probably somebody who could correct me and say, um, no, this wasn't the Druids. I'm like, I don't care about your agenda. To me, Christmas is about all of it. Christmas is about the ghost of Christmas past and the ghost of Christmas present and the ghost of Christmas future and Clarence the angel visiting George Bailey and Jesus born of a virgin. And I got other friends saying, you know, that all these white nativities, Jesus was black. I'm like, okay, fine. Jesus is black. I'm not, I have no problem with that. It's like, whatever your agenda is, I'm, I'm operating at a different level. I'm like, go ahead and make your point, put forth your agenda that's not what I care about. If I look, if I read something and you say the story of Jesus is really the story of Dionysus, I'm like, okay, whatever. I mean, isn't it kind of all a matter of semantics? And t to me, I'm, you know, I'm watching the, you know, the uh, Vatican, and there's so many things about Catholicism that I think is really just beautiful and and the pageantry of it, especially conducive to this. And it doesn't mean I'm about to convert to Catholicism. Uh, there were some things, I listened to the Pope's speech, his sermon, and there's some parts of it I'm like, eh, whatever. And there's other parts when he was going to uh, bless everybody, I thought he's the Pope, for God's sake. Let him bless me. What's it going to hurt? I didn't convert to Catholicism. To me, Christmas is the ultimate manifestation of yes and. It's all of it. It's all, and if you're, if you're, um, if Christmas has become a platform to you where you're trying to prove a theological point or disprove a theological point, I'm, you know, that's your business. I'm not telling you what to do. I would just like to encourage you to come up higher and just relax and, and just enjoy it. It's so much, look, let me tell you why when people, um, and this hardly happens anymore because most people that abuse the, my messenger, I just end up blocking. But sometimes when people want to keep engaging me um, in, uh, uh, you know, taking me to task on, you said this, but this verse actually says this. The reason I don't engage with you, it's not that I can't argue a point, it's that I understand the point you're making and your point is valid. And this is, let me tell you why I'm saying this. Um, they're, last night they're talking about, when I'm watching the Vatican, they're talking about 
Luke chapter 2, where the angels appear to the um, shepherds, and they sing, you know, glory to God in the highest. I'm thinking, how do they know that happened? I mean, did there's no reporter there from CNN. Did one of the shepherds just happen to say, let me tell y'all what happened. Somebody write this down. Uh, and even at that, you still got to take his word for it. So there's no way to prove that that happened. There's no scientific evidence for any of it, including the Bible. We don't even have original uh, text of the Bible. I remember uh, the last time I was in Jerusalem, two things happened that always stand out in my mind. Um, we were touring. I was with the Global Peace Festival, and we, one day we toured all of the main Christian sites, uh, Jewish sites, and uh, Muslim sites. And it was informative. Some of the places I'd been to before, it introduced me to some other places. And, uh, and it was cool. But we're standing, if you ever see a picture of, if you've never been to Jerusalem, you see that gold dome, uh, the, the Dome of the Rock. It was, um, it, that's built on Mount Moriah, which is where Abraham supposedly was going to sacrifice Isaac. And somewhere around the year 500, I believe, Muslims built a mosque on top of that. And so that little piece of real estate is like this real, it's this hotly contested uh, little piece of land because uh, Jews, Muslims, and Christians, it's a holy site for all of them. So we're standing on the steps of this, and we've got a, a Muslim tour guide who's, who's telling us the history of the mosque, and it's interesting. But it's like 103 degrees that day, and I've got, I've got on a suit, a clerical shirt, which is made out of silk, and the clerical collar is made out of plastic. Let me just tell you, it doesn't breathe. And so we're standing out there in the hot sun, and I'm melting. And the guy is, um, he's telling the story of why uh, this, this uh, site is so holy to Islam. And he says, it is from this site that um, uh, Muhammad ascended into heaven with, on three chariots. Well, when he said it, his partner interrupts him and goes, no, no, my friend, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm doing the accent, but he says, no, 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 my friend, it was not, it was not three chariots, it was five chariots. Well, they get into this argument over whether it's three or five, and I'm, I mean, I'm soaking wet, sweating, and they're going at it. I mean, I thought they were going to come to blows over whether it was three or five chariots, and I wanted to go, gentlemen, it didn't even happen, so it doesn't matter. Pick a number. Seven chariots, 20 chariots, whatever. If Islam is what works for you, you're missing the point. The letter kills, the spirit gives life. And within, and the other thing that happened while we were there, I'm sorry, these days you got to be careful with the accents, Byron. I know that that's, you know, it's not politically correct anymore. But, um, uh, so anyway, um, also while we were there, uh, they had, uh, they usually keep the Dead Sea Scrolls in a refrigerated place. You can't see them. But periodically, they will bring out a particular scroll, and under glass, you can go look at it. If you don't know what the Dead Sea Scrolls are, back in the 40s, there was a shepherd boy uh, somewhere on a hillside in Palestine, and he's in a cave, and he throws a rock, and the, he hears 
something, he hears something break and it's pottery. And he, when he looks in there and it's um, uh, these leather scrolls, he had no idea what they were. He, was, he went into town to try to sell them to, for shoe leather. Uh, but some, somebody who knew about antiquities recognized that they were uh, copies of the Old Testament. We have no, no copies of the New Testament. With the New Testament, you just have to take somebody's word for it that whatever's written down and translated actually was said because we've got no original letter from Paul or anything. Um, and so they had, um, I think it was Isaiah 40 they had, and we stood in this long line to see it, and it was under glass, and we got up to it. I was waiting for, you know, some sort of feeling of, <gasps> and I looked at it, and it was just like, it was impressive. I mean, beautiful penmanship and, you know, these, uh, I'm assuming Hebrew letters written across this long uh, scroll. And um, I looked at it and they had the English translation up there and I thought, oh, that's really cool. But there wasn't any sort of profound feeling of you're looking at original documents. It didn't feel like that at all. Because I'm looking at it and I think somebody just wrote that down because it came from somebody else's oral tradition. I'm not saying to throw the Bible out. I'm not saying not to believe it. What I'm saying is you're going to have to, you're going to have to have some wiggle room in your interpretation of things. And Christmas is a perfect reminder of that. To me, I get so much more bang for the buck with Christmas because I just enjoy all of it. I could watch the Vatican last night and not be a Catholic. And even when we were in New York a couple of weeks ago, we always go to St. Patrick's Cathedral. And it's, it's always a beautiful experience for me. And I always pick up, there's a, they always said the Catholic prayer book. I always pick it up and read um, the um, uh, entry for that day. It's like a, a daily thing that they use for the Mass. And many, not every time, but many times it'll be like, wow, that's really a, that's really a pertinent word for me tonight. So it's like, it's, it's beautiful. I'm not Catholic. Um, if you try to, if you want to argue with me about which historians decided that this was pagan or it wasn't, I don't care. I'm not mad at pagans. If you're a pagan, yay. It's not the... I was thinking about this today. One of the main titles of Jesus is Prince of Peace. And, you know, it's it's too bad that, you know, if we're going to celebrate his birthday on December 25th for whenever he was born, um, if there's ever going to be one holiday that you have peace over, let it be this. And that includes Hanukkah and the Festival of Lights. I can read all about the Maccabees and the oil that didn't go out. And I'm not Jewish, but I think, oh, that's cool. I can celebrate Hanukkah. I mean, like, sure, get, let's light a menorah. I'll spin a dreidel. Fine. Um, I don't know that much about Kwanzaa, but I'm all about it. I mean, whatever. That's why I don't, it doesn't bother me when somebody says, um, happy holidays, because I think this Chris, this season, aside from just New Year's next week, but this season is all it's full of all kind of holidays. So come down off your um, 
your the- I'm not telling you what to do. I would like to advise you as an elder. You know, like, come down off your theological high horse and just enjoy it. it. You know, is it pagan? Yeah. Is it Christian? Yeah. Is it Jewish? Yeah. Is it Catholic? Yeah. Is it Protestant? Yeah. You're you're missing out on all the fun because you're making your point. It's like, okay, fine. I respect your point. I'm not even arguing with you about your point. I just wish you could enjoy Christmas a lot more because I enjoy it. And in a way, I kind of believe all of it because it's all full of truth and mythology and magic and mysticism. And, you know, inevitably there'll be somebody who will say, there's no way that the wise men could have followed a star because stars don't move. I'm like, okay, Mr. Science, whatever. You're, you're, you're missing the point. You're, you're, you know, as, as you get older, like today I was, I was, um, I was posting a lot of memory pictures and I have to go through, Every year I have to go through because, you know, all, with all four of my kids and their exes, you know, I have to delete so many pictures because, oh, well, they're, they're not, he's not with her, she's not with him, you know. Like there's a, it, took me, it took me 30 minutes to delete all the appropriate pictures so nobody gets offended. Um, but then, you know, in those um, uh, memories, there's pictures of me with my dad who's not here anymore. There's pictures of... Ken with his dad, who's not here anymore. Um, uh, there's other people that I see in those pictures, like, wow, they're not here anymore. I mean, just in the time that Ken and I've been together, I mean, we've seen a lot of transition. So, you know, it's Christmas, it's just, it's just here for a nanosecond. So just enjoy, and just enjoy the, ma- the magic of it, because it's just here for a second. And Whatever your belief is, you know, if, if you say this is the story of Dionysus, okay, fine. Yay, he was the he was the god of wine. Somebody pour me a glass. I'll have a glass of wine with you. Hey, what's up, Dionysus? It's like it's all it's all magic and it's all wonderful. And you know, Today or last night or whatever, you may be with family members who drive you crazy. They just are who they are. If you can just let it go for a few minutes and kind of just indulge them and let them say their political stuff or whatever and just come up higher. And back to my original point, when when um, uh, Mary says, how can this be? My question is, how can any of it be? You know, like when, when they started the um, uh, Vatican thing last night, it came out at uh, 1130, um, the first guy who spoke kind of walked through the whole tradition of, you know, in this year this happened, and this year that happened, whatever. And that was, I'm actually kind of interested in that. You know, and I was, I was listening to that, and I thought, wow, this is, everything I'm seeing here is a consummation of um, thousands of years of different mythologies and mysticism that came together. And it still needs to be tweaked. You know, I'm looking at the, you know, they had beautiful little kids from all over the world. It looked like a, a you know, like a Benetton commercial. And they're, they're surrounding these nativity figures who clearly look European. And there's no doubt that, 
you know, the Europeans just sort of, um, you know, appropriated something that was, if not African, definitely at least Middle Eastern, and sort of created it in their image. So if people want to, you know, if you want to have a black Santa Claus or a black Jesus or whatever, I'm like, fine. It's not either or, it's yes and. It's kind of the way I am by Christmas like I am with my patriotism. It's like... um America's got all kinds of skeletons in its closets that need to be, that we need to be reminded of. We need to, you know, it needs to be in front of us every day until we form a more perfect union. But in the meantime, ain't nobody trying to leave America. People gripe about it, and I don't see anybody getting on a boat trying to go anywhere. Everybody complains about it, but we all want to stay. And so my thing is, is like, yeah, there's all kind of terrible things that, you know, have to be addressed. And you say, well, what do you think uh, the descendants of slaves should get reparations? Okay, fine. Figure out how to do it. I'm, you know, I'm a taxpayer. I'm okay with that. I don't know how you would do it, but they somehow sent a check to everybody during COVID. So I guess it's, there's got to be a way. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, well, whatever. Let's, let's make it, you know, let's make it better. But in the meantime, it's pretty good, you know? And that's, the, you know, just, I'm, I'm not telling you to be in denial. I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm suggesting. Not, don't be in denial, but also just enjoy your life a little more. Enjoy Christmas a little more. Um, you know, I've got a, a doctor's appointment. I've got a, my... Um, checkups coming up Thursday and I thought why did I make this appointment after right after Christmas because I've you know I we've enjoyed the holidays and I've put on some pounds again and I know he's gonna say something and it's just is what it is I'm gonna have to walk in and say yeah I ate what I wanted to at Christmas whatever you know um so you know whatever I'm fine with that (laughs) I don't know what you're gonna do with your mule Pam but if you know I'm good with you getting it. I'm saying you're still here too. Like we all want it to get better, but in the meantime, we're, we ain't going anywhere. And that's the way it is with Christmas. It's like we all can say our little piece about it, but just enjoy it. It's going to be over in a few hours. And uh, before you know it, this will be another Christmas 2022 will be another one for the history books. So, Whatever you believe, I probably believe on some level too. Namaste with me is not just a word. It's actually a state of, uh, it's a state of mind. And uh, so I really hope you have a beautiful one. And um, I hope to see you in a couple of weeks. Look, this is the last, those of you that support the ministry and a lot of you have dropped off. I'm not yelling at you. I'm just saying it's, it's a real thing. I know you've had other stuff going on, but this is your last Sunday to give to the ministry if you want it to count for, uh, you know, if you use it for your charitable donations. So go to bishinthenow.com and just do what you can. I would appreciate it. Uh, if, um, <laughs> run you your check, okay. Um, but um, if I've been a blessing to you at all this year, uh, thanks for all the comments, but I also have a, uh, I also have all the cash apps. So if you want to show me a little love, uh, I would appreciate that. And, um, 
those of you that, two or three of you have already done that, so thank you. Thank you for remembering, because um, y'all sure text me for everything and ask me to pray. I, mean, I wake up in the morning with a prayer list of people, so I got, I got lots of people that call on the name of Bishop Swilly, a lot. So that's all good, but, um, you know, I tipped my concierge this week. I did, you know, all the people that really helped me out during the year. So if I've helped you out, come on, what's up? And, um, and I appreciate it. It's good ground to sow into. And I believe whatever you sow will be sowed back a hundredfold to you. So whatever you believe, celebrate it or don't celebrate it. If you say, I don't even believe in Christmas, then fine. Just don't rain on everybody else's parade if they want to celebrate it. Because I like to celebrate it all. Every, every belief system has a little something in it that I can, uh, I can enjoy uh, and um, benefit from. I'll, uh, Ebony, I'll, I'll uh, put the link up for all of them. Um, but anyway, um, Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad, Happy Holidays. And uh, as far as I know, I'll probably do an 11-11 tomorrow night. I'm here for y'all all the time. I'm always here. So um, I just want to remind you of that. Um, so anyway, Merry Christmas. I love you all. And whatever's coming up and you say, I don't know how this is going to work out. Ask, how can this be? It'll work out. I mean, you may end up in a stable. You may have to use a manger but it'll get done. It'll all happen. You'll be okay. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward people. Peace.